0: hey guys it's melissa here from melissaoatman.com welcome to awaken your inner awesomeness a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help if you're new i want to welcome you if you're returning welcome back so today i wanted to talk to you all about the importance of being an inspiration to someone else And I know many of you will be thinking to yourselves, how can I be an inspiration to someone else? I'm just barely functioning. I'm just managing. I'm just trying to get through it all myself. And I totally understand. But I thought that this topic would be apropos, especially for me. Many of you know that I am a German teacher as well as a spiritual teacher. And so today was a new teacher orientation for me since manifesting my dream job and being able to teach in the district where I went to school, where my kids go to school, being able to get rid of an hour commute. Uh, It was exciting for me today to be able to sit in on this new training and to get back the spark that sometimes as educators, I'm not going to lie, we sometimes lose that. We lose sight of why we're really In the classroom you know we lose sight of why we became educators in the first place and I don't know I I do understand how it happens I started to say I don't know how it happens that's a lie I do know how it happens you know a lot of people don't understand really what goes into teaching when you're an educator it's not just about your classroom it's you have meetings and there are certain laws and different regulations you have to follow. And it's all of the outside stuff sometimes that really takes us away from what we're supposed to be doing. We have all of this testing now. And you know, we had testing when I was a kid too. I remember taking the Iowa basics test. And I remember being petrified. And I remember that I would always score really well in the English language arts area and math was always not good for me. And I knew the reason wasn't because I wasn't good at math, it's just it took me longer to process math. I knew that about myself, but every year I would just dread these tests that would come out because, you know, they would say, well, she's a couple of grade levels ahead in reading and, you know, language arts. but she's either like right at average or below average for math because half of the time I couldn't even finish the problems because it took me so long to compute the problems. And that is why math always frustrated me and my math teachers were usually frustrated with me as well. Which is one of the reasons that when I went into teaching I was like, I I don't ever wanna be one of those teachers who kids remember because they hate them. Like I didn't wanna be that teacher. And I, if I have a student who's struggling and is frustrated, I'm not going to make the child feel worse for not understanding. You know, my job is to break down the material and make it easier for the student to learn. And I was just thinking about this. You know, someone was talking to me the other day and they said, oh, let me see your roster of the kids that you have, because I can tell you, you know, which kids were a problem at the middle school. And I said, no, that's okay. I don't want to be that teacher where that student enters my room already with a label. I don't like that. And I taught with another teacher at another school. And we would have some of the same kids. And she would sometimes say to me like, oh, well, this kid wasn't good or wasn't very smart. And I had the same kid. And I didn't see that child that way at all. And I think that it's all in a perception sometimes kids will live up to your expectations if that makes any sense so if you already have labeled that child as you know and I I hate to say this even because I I can't believe there are teachers who do this but who would label a child as you know well that child's slow or that child um, is a troublemaker or this or that you know I mean to label a child before they even walk into your classroom that's terrible in my opinion Children should come in with a clean slate, and I have high expectations of every child. And when I, I feel like when you don't place low expectations, or you just look at a child like they have unlimited potential, those children will often rise to meet that. And a child may not believe in themselves, but when you believe in them, then they can start to see the need to believe in themselves as well. And I all too often see too many teachers who just, it seems like they don't care. And I know that can't be true because they don't know why you would get into teaching if you didn't care. But they are very quick to write off a kid and say, well, this, you know, there's nothing that can help this child. And I just don't feel that way. And so whenever we were doing this back to school training, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about going back into the classroom. And even though I always try to prepare and try to be the best teacher that I can be, I know that there's room for improvement. And as then I always say that I'm a work in progress for myself, for my personal growth. I am for teaching as well. No, if you have the attitude that I know everything I'm ever going to need to know about teaching, well, I'm sorry, no, you don't. I don't know every trick. I don't know every tool. I don't know every tip. There's always something new that I could learn, and I truly believe that. Okay, sorry, guys. If you're hearing a little background noise, it's not just you. Um, We had to take Nala to get her fixed yesterday. So she has the cone of shame on right now. And we've actually been laughing so hard at her because she really does not know how to navigate with this on and she runs into everyone. And you know exactly where Nala is because all of a sudden you will feel this, like you'll feel a sharp edge of plastic on your leg and you turn around and it's her. She's trying to get to you for you to pet her and she runs into you. She's recovering very well, but she keeps dragging the cone on the floor. So that if you're hearing that noise, that is what that is. She is very sweet and doing well, and so hopefully a speedy recovery. But I wanted to mention that because I kept it's distracting me. so I'm sorry if you're hearing that too. Um, back to my story. So in teaching, there's always something new you can learn. and people joke that, oh, we're just reinventing the wheel. Yes, but it is new. It's nice to learn new things or to change things up and to switch what you're doing. You know, it's good for you. It's good for the kids. And this year, as I was sitting in the new teacher training, of course, they showed a lot of motivational videos. But it's, I think, good for teachers to still see those. I think every year we need to be motivated, you know? We need to be reminded of why we're there and why we're in that classroom, so, there were stories today of kids who, you know, one of the great schools in our district is 90% poverty rate. And the teachers actually get together in the summer and take turns. They volunteer and they make meals for the kids to have because breakfast and lunch was the only meal they had during the day, you know. And we have programs, and we did in my old district too, where people would donate food and they'd collect food items to send home in backpacks with kids because they knew that there probably wasn't going to be an abundance of food at home. You know, that might be the thing that would hold them over until they got back to school. And, you know, just thinking about that, sometimes we're the only stability that those kids have in their lives and it's sad but it's becoming more and more common. I mean, when you think about it, most parents have to work (laughs) having a stay-at-home mom anymore is very rare, but not only that, all too often kids are coming from homes where mom and dad aren't even really there because there are drug problems going on, addictions, different things, and kids are really taking care of themselves. And, you know, people will say to me, well, you know, they should call DCFS. Well, yes, we do that. But there is a really big discrepancy with when you call them and when they take action, and they don't always they don't always do the right thing for the kids, in my opinion. so we have to be there as that institution for those kids who are their stability and uh, my aunt actually posted something on Facebook today that said something about you know new pen new this check, you know, it's like a normal back to school list or whatever. And the point of the whole post was there's a child who didn't have any of those things, you know, that they weren't going to have any of the supplies that they needed. And we do see that, you know, we see that. And I think schools are very good about providing for the kids who don't have. And I think we just need to show empathy and put ourselves in the place of our students. And I've told this story before, but I still think it's definitely worth retelling. You know, I was having a bad day one day, and I just, I don't know, like everything happened. I spilled coffee all over myself. Just everything that could go wrong went wrong the morning when I got up. And I got to school, and I got to first hour, and I said, well, I hope you guys are having a better day than I am. And one of my students that I just loved to death, he said, well, we didn't have any power because my parents couldn't pay the bill. And that just sort of put things in perspective to me. I thought, okay, I'm never going to complain again. You know, I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to ask my kids, you know, how are you? And I started spending that whole first week of school just making connections with the kids. Just getting to know them and helping them to understand that in my classroom, we're family and we will respect each other. We trust one another in setting up an atmosphere where those kids feel safe. And the thing is, a lot of kids, when they feel safe, they will act out. And it's because you are their safety. you Think about it at home. Those of you that have kids, you probably went to parent-teacher conferences and your the teachers said, your kids are amazing, they're so well-mannered, they're so polite, and went on and on. And you thought, my kid? You're talking about my kid? There's no way that's possible. At home, you should hear them. And I've, I've heard that as a teacher when I say to a parent, I just love your son, he's so well-behaved and just so polite or about a daughter, and I see the parents do a double take and look at their spouse and say, our child? Really? Like, they don't believe it. They couldn't possibly be that well-behaved. And I say that because children act out at home because they feel safe. And they behave at school because they have a place to act out, right, at home. They're safe there. When they come to school and they act out, it's because school is their safe place. Just something to think about. And I am talking about all of this because I feel that we need to inspire others. And one of the biggest things that I do as a teacher has nothing to do with my content. I can get up there and teach every German verb and how to conjugate it and all of the different forms... That's not what the kids remember. You know, in fact, most people, unfortunately, when you ask them if they took a foreign language in high school, they'll tell you yes, and they'll say, I don't remember any of it, or they'll remember one phrase. My students always remember like three phrases because they were the first three phrases that they learned, and we definitely memorize those and and practice those. So those are the three they always remember, and they'll say, I don't really remember anything else. That's not really what they're remembering about my class. What they remember is that I was kind, that I smiled at them. In fact, of the thank you cards and notes that I've received over the years, one of the things most mentioned is thank you for smiling every day. You know, I stand at the door and I smile and greet my kids as they come in the door, and that's something that they remember. I try to learn every name in the first two weeks so that I can call on them by name and make a connection with them and they know that I know them. And it makes a difference because when you feel heard, you feel recognized, that's going to encourage you more than anything else and want to, it's gonna make you want to learn from that person. But if you have a teacher who you know they don't know your name, they don't give a shit that you're in their class, pardon my French, but you know those teachers. They don't even look up from their desk. They don't care that you're there, and you know they don't care you're there. You know that they're just there to collect a paycheck, and you can see that they're burned out. Those teachers you don't want to learn from you know you're not as motivated because you're like what do I care that that teacher doesn't even know I'm in their class they know me as my student number on the roster and that's about it it's when you make those connections with the kids that's what's going to inspire them and drive them and when you can make life lessons in class you know like when I I do a lot of mindset things in my classroom and trying to teach kids that they're absolutely responsible for what's going on around them in their environment. You know, that if you're having a bad day and you bring that bad day to the classroom, you're going to have a, it's going to continue to grow and you're going to have an even worse day. But you have the opportunity to change that just by flipping that switch in your brain that says, I don't have to have a bad day today. I can change this. I can change my attitude. I can change my mind. So it's doing that kind of thing with them to inspire them. And you guys can be doing that as well. You don't have to be a teacher or be in a classroom to inspire others. You know, we inspire people that we work with sometimes. One of the things that they talked about with new teachers, because I was in with first-year teachers too, Um, it's a little different because I'm not a first-year teacher, but I enjoy being around first-year teachers because they're so hopeful, they're so excited, and we remember at one time we were too, and not that we're not now, but I think we just need a reminder of what that was like. And every teacher needs a cheerleader sitting there going, you can do it. This is important. You matter. And we watched a video today where they said, because of a teacher. And then someone said, teachers are responsible for every other profession. So we're important. And you're important too. And one of the things they talked about was not being around negative people. And this was, I remember when I was in my student teaching class, our professor said, do not go in the teacher's lounge that first year. And I remember thinking, what is he talking about? And he said, do not go in the teacher's lounge because that is where teachers go to complain. And that is where the negative Nancy's will hang out and they will drag you down to their level. And it's really true. It really is. Um, And I'm not saying every teacher that goes to a teacher's lounge is negative. I don't mean that. But people who just hang out in there and make a habit of that, yeah, you notice a trend with them. They are like the gossipy, negative types of people who really have nothing positive to say. And oftentimes those would be the teachers that I would just in my head think to myself, I wonder why that person became a teacher. And it breaks my heart a little bit because students shouldn't have to be exposed to that. But it's the truth. It is the truth of what our reality is here. You know, we do have teachers who shouldn't be in the profession as we probably have any other number of professions where there are people who don't belong in that profession. Um, and we just have to do with it what we can, you know? So staying away from those people when we talk about energy work and those people will drag you down to their level is true. You want to surround yourself with positive people and you can be an inspiration to someone else by being that positive person that when they're having trouble or they're struggling on the job that they can come to you and they can ask you questions and you don't bite their head off. You are kind and you're gentle. You know, one of the, the, public relations liaison came up to me today and she was talking about my brother because he works in the district and he works in the administrative office doing the student data and she said, does your brother just come home and yell and scream because he is the most kind person and he's so nice and gentle and sweet and caring with everyone even when they ask the same question 50 times. And I had to laugh, you know, and I thought to myself, some days I can tell when he's had a bad day, but for the most part, he's pretty even keeled. And she said, he's perfect for the job he has because he's so nice to everyone. And that's important, you know, And you're in a position where people have to come to you and they have to ask you questions, if you're crabby and mean and you bite their head off, especially if it's somebody who's new, oh my gosh, that's horrible and we've all probably had an experience with a coworker before who did that and that would just be awful. I remember when I first started at my old district I didn't think that my principal liked me because he was very like he would snap and he was you know give a one-word answer and he didn't know my name. I didn't think. I was sure he didn't know my name until like, I think it was like the end of my second year there. And I know he was really stressed. Like now I know him and I know who he is and he's a good person, but he was really stressed those first two years because he took over as the principal. But I didn't know that then, you know? And I remember one day I walked down the hall and I was already way past him when he called out my name and I turned around to look because I didn't think he was talking to me because I had already passed him up and I didn't think he knew my name. And I turned around and he, you know, said, how are you doing? And it was like, from that point on, I could t- I could see that he was making a concerted effort to smile, to, you know, be kind to people. And that's the thing is like, we get in our jobs and sometimes we just get really stressed out and we don't even realize that we're walking around with scowls on our faces or that we're being short with people. We're just going about our day. And it makes a big difference because my first two years, I was always on edge. I never wanted to have to talk to him. And I was like, oh gosh, you know, this guy hates me and I don't even know him and it's not good. And when I, uh, when I left the school, he actually sent me a very nice email and thanking me for everything I'd done, for the school, and of course, throughout the years being an apartment chair, it got to know him better. So I knew he wasn't really like that, and wasn't like he didn't hate me. But it's the first impressions that we see with people, and it would be easy to see how a new person could be scared and, and think that you know, oh, I don't really like you, and. The reason that I'm saying this to you is that you all work in places or you all deal with people. And so we have the opportunity every day to inspire someone else just with our words, with our smiles, with our attitude. You know how it is when you work in a place. If there's one person that has a bad attitude, that spreads. A toxic person in the workplace is like cancer and we had one in our old workplace. And I will tell you that it was a struggle. We would have PLC meetings on Wednesdays and nobody enjoyed coming to work on Wednesdays because we knew we were going to have an hour with this person and it made it very unpleasant. You know, because we just never knew what we were going to get, honestly. Either super nice or super crabby and we just didn't know. So you have the opportunity... To spread positivity where you are and inspire others by being a team player, by having a positive attitude, by smiling. Smiling is one of the easiest things you can do and it's one of the most profound things you can do because when people smile at you, it's an amazing thing. You automatically feel better. So just try smiling for a while, you know, walking around. I mean, I know people sometimes sure think probably when they see me like, what's that idiot smiling about? Like she's just always smiling. And, you know, I don't really care if people think that. I would rather walk around smiling all of the time because it just makes me feel better. And when people see me, they just think I'm nice all the time. They don't even really know the real me. I may be not a nice person. But you wouldn't know it because I smile all the time. Because I like it. And then again, that's what the students remembered about me was thank you for smiling. Something that little. Like I didn't do anything. I didn't go out and buy a bunch of things for my kids. I just smiled. Something free that I did that left a lasting impression with them. And I am just here to say that you can be making an impact on someone else's life in many ways. You know, when we have social media, you could be choosing to post, like, oh, I wait till I get revenge on so and so. And you know, those vague booking things that people do that they leave this post like they want you to dig in. You know, that's just drama. They're just trying to start drama when you do that. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend anyone who's listening, but if you do that, I know you're just trying to like, get people to comment and getting people riled up. Like, What is the point, really? What is the point of that? So you could be using it for that, or you could be using it to post something that would brighten someone's day. You could be crabby and yelling at someone, or you could choose to say something nice to someone. One of the things that I used to do was I would just make sure that as I walked through the hall, at least this many people that I saw, I would just say something nice to them. And it was funny because I would notice the reaction that I got whenever I did that. Like, it could be something as simple as, oh, I really like your shirt. Or, like, I noticed that you... Won this award, you know, great job. You know, you just say something about that person that's nice, and you could see their faces sometimes just light up. And I just think if everyone had somebody that was complimenting them throughout the day, like how much better would we all feel, you know? Because we're so hard on ourselves, we really are. And when someone else says something nice to you, it just makes your whole day. And we all have the opportunity to do that. So you can inspire others by one smiling, one saying something nice, posting something inspirational, being positive, you know, just being a positive person. People appreciate that so much. They really, really do. All right, guys. Well, (laughs) I feel like I was a little all over the place today, but I, I don't know. I felt like somebody needed to hear that. So I wanted to pull a card before I ended the podcast, and I pulled a card from the Archangel Oracle deck by Doreen Virtue, and I pulled Teaching and Learning. It's Archangel Zadkiel. It says, keep an open mind and learn new ideas, then teach these ideas to others. Now, many of you were with Heather and I for our Manifest Your Best Life free course, and we talked about manifesting and how to be more positive to attract more positive things in your life you know there are a lot of ways you can learn new things you can watch videos on youtube you can join classes i have a course a purposeful pilgrimage which is just 23 daily lessons and you can Join at any time. You have forever access to it. You can go back and do the lessons every time. And when I say lessons, it's not difficult things you have to do. It's just every day there's something for you to do to change your mindset and to t- to change your life. And it only takes, I don't know, 10 minutes a day, if that, if that. And if that's too much, you can even break that down and do a lesson in two to three days. It's totally up to you. It's self-paced, self-guided, and it is life-changing. So, you know, I think this is saying maybe it's time to learn something new for yourself and then help others by sharing what you learn. Well, I want to thank you for being with me. As always, if you like this podcast, if you could share it with others and also leave feedback from wherever you're listening, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you're listening. That would be amazing. I would really appreciate that. If you want to work with me, there are many ways to work with me. I also want to let you know that I am going to be doing a Facebook Live Friday, but I'm going to do it Friday morning. I normally do it in the evening, but um, I have my schedule has been so crazy I just really haven't had time so I want to do one for you this week but I'm going to do it Friday morning and uh, I will have details on my Facebook page and then I will try to start back at a regular schedule next week so hopefully we'll see how that goes but I hope that you guys have a beautiful week don't forget to follow me on social media all of the links are in the description to my podcast as well as my website so you can go there check out what I do I want to thank you for listening. I hope that you all have a beautiful day. I am sending you massive love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.